Hello, everyone. Welcome to Eternity, where love never fails. Hello, everyone. Thanks for listening. This is the Eternity Bible Study Podcast, where we walk through the Bible together every weekday, Monday through Friday. We're podcasting from here in the United States and in Zambia with a goal to share our thoughts and encourage one another as we read God's Word together verse by verse. My co-host in Zambia, Matali and I, are both listening to Through the Bible Podcast and then sharing our thoughts and encouragement with you. From America to Africa and everywhere else, God is in control. As always, our attribution goes to Through the Bible with Dr. J. Vernon McGee. So if you've ever wanted to try to read the Bible every day, we hope you can join us. We're regular people just like you, trying to learn more about God and walk in step with His Holy Spirit. So if you have your Bible, feel free to read along. And if not, no problem. We'll try to put it all together for you. So let's get started. Well, hello, everyone. We're back in the book of Genesis. We'll be um, finishing up verse uh, chapter 22 and um, looking at uh, chapter 23, where we see Sarah's death and burial. And then we are starting a new chapter, uh, chapter 24 today. After that, we'll take a break, as we always do for the weekend. And then we're back here Monday as we continue our study in Genesis. Now remember back in chapter 22, this is where God calls Abraham to sacrifice Isaac. Now he doesn't let Abraham go through with it because he substitutes a ram for Isaac. But there were so many parallels as we saw between um, Abraham's son Isaac and uh, Jesus. Um, God is calling him to give up his one and only son whom he loves on a wood offering. Um, and this happened on the third day after the call. It was an intimate time between the father and the son. And we have a substitution um, of a ram for the son, but this uh, belief that God would provide a lamb. And this lamb is will be provided, but it is Jesus Christ. And this is on Mount uh, Moriah, which is a little bit outside of Jerusalem, where this occurs. And McGee was teaching that eventually Solomon's temple was built on this mountain. And this uh, was likely the place where Jesus was crucified on the cross in the same, on the same mountain. The, uh, so it really is a, uh, God is fulfilling this prophecy here. This prophecy is a sort of an acting out prophecy of the coming of Jesus Christ. It's such a beautiful um, a beautiful illustration here. And it illustrates a couple of things. There's truth. God's Word is true. And we believe it. And uh, we're to obey God's Word as is true. No matter if we don't understand it, God's Word is our truth. And as... He gives us His truth. His word is truth. Um, as we obey it, we we fulfill His purposes and plans for all of us. And but it is our trust in His truth. That's our faith. 
Our faith is our trust in His truth. We don't trust ourselves. We don't trust the world. We just trust His truth, His Word. And then we have our actions, which are the acting out of our trust. So we, if we don't act, and we have uh, just a trust but no action, um, then, you know, we don't accomplish anything. We can't accomplish anything. So we have God's truth, our trust in His truth, and our actions speak louder than, than anything else. So it is our really, our actions are really our faith on display. So let's jump back in here. Um, I'm just going to jump in at verse 15. And the angel of the Lord called to Abraham a second time from heaven and said, By myself I have sworn, declares the Lord, because you have done this and have, and have not withheld your son, your only son. Um, so he's saying, because you haven't withheld your only son, you were getting ready to sacrifice him because I said so. You know, of course, God stopped him from doing that. But he says, because you've not withheld your son, your only son, I will surely bless you and I will surely multiply your offspring as stars of heaven and the sand that is on the seashore. So we get this powerful image of not withholding your one and only son. And um, my study Bible and McGee points to it that we see a, a sort of a parallel New Testament version of this in Romans 8.32, that Jesus Christ, it's talking about Jesus Christ because he who did not spare his own son, you know, this is God referring to Jesus Christ, but it it really does refer to have not spared your one and only son. It harkens back to Abraham's faith uh, that God actually, uh, doesn't require Abraham to to um, sacrifice his one and only son, but God Himself will, and that's the Lamb that is God eventually provides. So uh, Romans eight thirty two is sort of reflects right back. This points to Romans eight thirty two. This points to Jesus Christ. So we see, as McGee says, a glimpse of Jesus Christ. In Genesis 22. So, and your offspring shall possess the gate of his enemies. So, the offspring shall possess the gate. Jesus Christ is another reference to the gate. I am the way. I am the truth. I am the life. Jesus was the good shepherd. But he was also the gate by which people enter. So we can possess the gate. The gate is Christ, the gate of his enemies. Every wicked person is the Christ was the enemy of sin. He's the enemy of the wicked. But the offspring will have this gate. And in your offspring shall all the nations of the earth be blessed because you have obeyed my voice. This is obedience. Our actions, our faith on display, obeying God's word. And again, obeyed what? Obeyed my voice. And what is my voice? That's God's word. 
You don't have to obey a king or a ruler, but my voice, my way, my truth. Verse 19, so Abraham returned to his young men, and they arose and went together to Beersheba, and Abraham lived at Beersheba. Now, Beersheba was a little bit south of Hebron, where he, where he was living. Now, Abraham, remember, is living in tents. He's just kind of still wandering out here because God's promising this land of Canaan, but, but we don't have actually the land delivered yet. But he's living in, still living in expectation. Now, verse 20 changes things a little bit. Now, after these things, it was told Abraham, Behold, uh, Malchah has also borne children to your brother Nahor. Uz, his firstborn, Buzz, his brother, Kimmel, the father of Aram, Chest, and a whole bunch of other kids. I'm not going to go through all their names, but he, he just sort of rounds out some of the things in Abram's family, but we don't really pick up their lineage. We, we're really sticking with what's going on with um, Abraham. So we'll just kind of leave it like that. Chapter 23 then begins, Sarah lived 127 years. These were the years of the life of Sarah. And Sarah, remember, I think, as I remember, she had Isaac when she was 90 years old. So... Isaac was probably 37 now when she passed. And Sarah died at um, Kirath Arba, that is Hebron. We'll just stick with the, with the uh, name Hebron. So in other words, Sarah died at Hebron in the land of Canaan. And Abram went in to mourn for Sarah uh, to weep for her. Now, went in means he probably went into the city gate. And Abram rose up from before his dead and said to the Hittites, I am a sojourner, a foreigner among you. Give me property among you for a burying place that I may bury my dead out of my sight. The Hittites answered Abram. Okay, so the city gate would have been where you go into the city. And that's where a lot of, as we've seen, that's where a lot of decisions were made. Land was bought and purchased, um, you know, you had these local judges there and important people there. Um, verse 5, the Hittites answered Abram, and uh, notice that he's addressing the whole community there, because probably he had to address the whole community to get permission to ask for land to be purchased. So the Hittites, sort of in unison, answers Abraham, Hear us, my Lord, you are a prince of God among us. So remember, even in this land, even though he doesn't live in the city proper, everybody knows uh, Abraham and respects him so much because they know he's from God or God is with him. Here is my Lord. You're a prince of God among us. Bury your dead in the choicest of our tombs. None of us will withhold from you his tomb to hinder you from burying your dead. Verse 7, Abraham arose and bowed to the Hittites, the people of the land, and he said to them, If you are willing that I should bury my dead out of my sight, hear me and entreat me, Ephron, the son of Zohor, that he may give me the cave of Machpelah, which he owns. It is at the end of his field. For the full price, let him give it to me in your presence as property for a burying place. So what Abraham is doing is he's trying to find a, a cave, a suitable burying place for Sarah, 
possibly for a family burial place. But he's asking uh, the people there if he can then ask Ephraim um, for his burial place. But he wants to buy it. He doesn't want it as a gift. He just wants to buy it. And he's, it's at the end of the land, um, so he doesn't want any special things. Um, verse 10, Now Ephraim was sitting up, uh, among the Hittites, and Ephraim the Hittite answered Abraham in the hearing of the Hittites, of all who went in at the gate of the city. Okay, so he's, he's answering back. Ephraim was... Answering back, he says in verse 11, No, my Lord, hear me. I give you the field, and I give you the cave that is in it. In the sight of the sons of my people, I give it to you. Bury your dead. Verse 12, Then Abraham bowed down before the people of the land and said to Ephraim, In the hearing of the people of the land, but if you will hear me, I give the price of the field. Accept it from me that I may bury my dead here. Verse 14, Ephraim answered Abraham, verse 15, My Lord, listen to me. A piece of land worth 400 shekels of silver. What is that between you and me? Bury your dead. Verse 16, Abraham listened to Ephraim, and Abraham weighed out for Ephraim the silver that he named in the hearing of the Hittites, 400 shekels of silver according to the weights current among the merchants. Now, what is happening here is Abraham's looking f for a cave to bury his dead. He asked the people that he may ask Ephraim permission to buy his cave, and he does. And Ephraim answers back, no, I want to give it to you. And then Abraham says, no, I want to buy it. And then Ephraim says, well, look, this cave costs this much, but it really doesn't matter. I'll just give it to you. But he does mention the price. Um, but then Abram, Abraham weighs out for Ephraim the silver that he had named in the hearing of the Hittites, 400 shekels of silver according to the weights current among the merchants. Okay, so now he does buy it. <coughs> and when he buys it, that solidifies transfer of ownership in the presence of and the witnesses of everyone there. So there you go. It was all legally done. Verse 17. So the field of Ephron of in uh, Machpelah, which was to the east of Mamre, that's where they lived once before, the field with the cave that was in it and all the trees that were in the field throughout its whole area was made over to Abraham as a possession in the presence of the Hittites before all who went in at the gate of his city. Okay, so this was done out in public at the city gate where um, transactions were witnessed and legalized. Verse 19, After this Abraham buried Sarah his wife in the cave of the field of Machpelah east of Mamre, that is Hebron, in the land of Canaan. The field and the cave that is in it were made over to Abraham as property for a burying place by the Hittites. Now, it's all done legally, but as as McGee says, this shows you that Abraham's putting his marker down. He buries his wife based on God's promise that the land would be promised to 
him. And so this is, you know, he's not going anywhere else. He's he's burying his wife. He's going to be his future burying place as well is based on God's promise. And as my study Bible says, this is where Abraham is buried. Isaac, his son, is buried. Jacob is buried. Rebecca and Lee would later be laid to rest in this cave, along with Abraham and Sarah. So these are the patriarchs of the Bible. Now, my study Bible also says um, that according to the tradition, the cave of Machpelah is located now in Hebron. They somebody they built a mosque on top of this because um, the in the Islamic faith they revere Abraham as well. So everybody acknowledges Abraham because uh, you know he was the father of of uh, Ishmael. So they've put their mosque on top of this, and of course the the Jewish faith. Um, acknowledges Abraham for the lineage of Isaac. So that's sort of where this resting place is now. It's a real place in history, and these are real people in history. So that's where this is. And then we touch on chapter 24. Now Abraham was old, well advanced in years, and the Lord had blessed Abraham in all things. That's where we begin Uh, chapter 24, but we're going to stop for today, and uh, we'll wait until next week as we get into chapter 24. So, what a wonderful study this has been so far. I'm really enjoying it. I hope you are too. Now I'll turn the rest of the podcast over to my co-host in Zambia, Matali. Matali, I hope you're doing great. Look forward to hearing what you've got to say on this great study today. God bless you all. Keep your heart centered on Christ. And now, take it away, Matali. Hello, so today's teaching is coming from Genesis chapter 22, beginning at verse 18, all the way to chapter 23, verses 1 through to verse 20. So in this chapter, chapter 22, we see that, um, you know, we see the final crisis in Abraham's life. That was um, when God asked him to sacrifice his own son's life and to go um, against all the teachings uh, from God about human sacrifices, which morally were wrong, which uh, the heathen religion in Abraham's time were doing. And uh, I would like to think, you know, uh, this is, uh, human sacrifices are still happening today. So human sacrifices were wrong and God uh, condemned them. So this went against all of, um, you know, this was a conflict, a crisis. This went against all of uh, the teachings that Abraham was given. So God in this instance is making it clear that they will have to be a man to stand in the gap, a man that will be capable of becoming the savior of the race if anyone is to be saved. And that's the great lesson that is given to us today. Obviously, of course, Abraham didn't go through with it. God stopped him. Um, He didn't go through with the sacrifice. God was testing Abraham and his faith. So God didn't let Abraham go through with it as it is. it was wrong. That's the reason why God, uh, God stopped Abraham. So God spared Abraham's son, but not um, his own son, the Lord Jesus Christ. Um, he gave him up freely for all of us. So that was 1900 years uh, later. 
when Christ died on the cross for our, sin, his, for our sins, he stood in the gap. So that's the picture that we have been given here in um, Abraham and Isaac's time. So um, let me just go back a little bit. That's uh, verse 17 and 18 of chapter 22 um, of Genesis. And chapter 17 reads, Blessing, I will bless you and multiply blessing i will bless you and multiplying i will multiply your descendants as the stars of the heaven and as the sand which is on the seashore and your descendants shall possess the gates of their enemies verse 18 in your seed all the nations of the earth shall be blessed because you have obeyed my voice so god says here in your seed all the nations of the earth shall be blessed. So what seed uh, is being talked about here? So if we turn to Galatians chapter 3 verse 16, it reads, Now to Abraham and his seed were the promises made. He does not say, and to seeds, as, the many, as of many, but as of one, and to your seed who is Christ. So Paul here... Interpretate, <laughs> Paul here interprets um, what um, God is actually saying to Abraham. He means the seed, and that's Christ. So, um, in you know, in Galatians uh, three verse eight, Paul also states. Um, it reads uh, verse eight, and the scripture foreseeing that God would justify the Gentiles or the heathen by faith preached the gospel to abraham beforehand saying in you all the nations shall be blessed so god preached the gospel to abraham when so um when god called abraham to offer his son isaac on the altar um that was you know when he he actually says in your seed shall all the nations be blessed and that seed is Christ. This is the gospel. This is when, Christ, when, when God preached the gospel to Abraham. So on top of Mount Moriah, where Abraham had offered Isaac, this is a picture of the offering of Christ. Because this is where Christ was um, um, sacrificed. And even his resurrection is also here. It's, it's a picture that shows his uh, sacrifice and his resurrection. Because after God called Abraham to do it, it was actually three days before he actually got down there to Mount Moriah. There, uh, and God actually gave him back to Abraham alive on the third day. So this is a picture of um, the death and resurrection of Christ. Because God gave back um, Abraham's son alive. So scripture goes on to read verse 19. Um, so Abraham returned to his young men and they rose and went together to Beersheba and Abraham dwelt in Beersheba. So here we have now an insight into the family of Abraham. Verse 20 goes on to read. Now it came to pass after these things that it was told Abraham saying indeed Milcah also has born children to your brother Nahor. So here we have an insight into Abraham's family. So Abraham had left his brother Nahor uh, way back in the land of Haran. And this line will, however, not be followed. But they, um, but we'll come across the line of Abraham. Um, sorry, this line will actually cross the line of Abraham um, a little later on in our studies. So, um, you know, there's a, a bit more detail um of 
uh, Abraham's family, but we will not get into that. Um, the names are kind of like um, a little bit of a tongue twister to pronounce. That's um, from that's from verse uh, twenty one to verse twenty three. So this is um, the other line, Abraham's brother's line. So now we'll get to chapter twenty three, and we see the death of Sarah and Abraham's purchase of a cave in which to bury Sarah, and the cave is Machpelah. So scripture reads, um, that's chapter twenty three, verse one and two. Sarah lived 127 years. These were the years of the life of Sarah. So Sarah died in in Kerjath Arba. So that's uh, Hebron in the land of Canaan. And Abraham came to mourn for Sarah and to weep for her. So Sarah died at 127 years. And, you know, if we recall back uh, in our previous studies sarah was 90 years old when isaac was born so isaac must have been in his you know 30s when um, sarah died and when actually abraham went to uh, mount moriah to offer him as a sacrifice so abraham would have taken sarah to be buried anywhere else but abraham bought um, a cave in hebron in the land that God had given him because of the hope of the future that they had. <clears throat> Scripture goes on to read verse 3. Then Abraham stood up from before his dead and spoke to the sons of Heth, saying, I am a foreigner and a sojourner or a visitor among you. Give me property for a burial place among you that I may bury my dead out of my sight. So Abraham calls himself a um, stranger and a sojourner even in the promised land that God had promised to give him. So verse 5 goes on to read, And the sons of Heth answered Abraham, saying to him, Hear us, my lord, you are a mighty prince among us. Bury your dead in the choicest of your burial places. None of us will withhold from you his burial place, and you may bury your dead. So this was a very generous offer from the children of Heth that actually lived in this land. And Abraham had made a very good impression as a mighty prince. So his influence counted for something in this land. Scripture goes on to read verse 7. Then Abraham stood up and bowed himself to the people of the land and the sons of Heth. Very polite. And uh, verse 8 goes on to read. And he spoke with them saying, it's... If it is your wish that I bury my dead out of my sight here and meet um, and meet with Ephron, the son of Zohar, that he may give me the cave of Machpelah, which he, he has, which is at the end of the field. Let him give me it to me at the full price as property for a burial place among you. So the cave of Machpelah was what Abraham wanted, and he wanted to buy it. So until God actually gave him the land, he was uh, willing to buy the land. He actually bought the land for what um, he needed and um, what he wanted. So in the Bible, you know, there are two great hopes and purposes that God has. And ooh, this is something new that I learned. So first, it's the earthly purpose. And second, heavenly purpose. So he has an earthly purpose that is here 
where you and I live. It's going into eternity. So the earth is not ending. No, the earth is going to go into eternity. So it will be traded in or traded up, uh, you know, a new model um, and, you know, a new heaven and earth and it will be inhabited throughout eternity. So no one's going away. Like, um, you know, like everything's not going to like crash and end and we get a new earth and all. It's this same earth. So... This is the promise that God gave to Abraham and to those after him. That was before Christ. And this was the hope of Abraham. He wanted to be buried in that land so that when, um, when the resurrection came, him and Sarah would actually be raised in the land, in that land that was given to them, in their land. And this is an earthly hope and it's will be realized so abraham didn't realize that you know even the many to follow um would actually be raised so the many to follow after him before christ will actually be raised from the dead and then the lord jesus christ in the upper room said to his disciples um and the christ's disciples were actually schooled in the old testament and they had the old testament hope the earthly hope and purpose so he said to them let not your heart be troubled you believe in god believe also in me in my father's house are many abiding places i go to prepare a place for you and if i go to prepare a place for you i will come again and receive you unto myself that where i am you may be also so this is um the second purpose and this is the new jerusalem what he's preparing today and this is the place where the church is going so the eternal abode of the church so there's an earthly purpose and a heavenly purpose. So, um, so the eternal abode of the place is this new Jerusalem. So this was the brand. Uh, this was actually brand new to these disciples, and it's brand new to a lot, a lot of Christians. It's brand new to me too. So God never told Abraham he's going to actually take him away from the earth to heaven. He kept telling him, "I will give you this land." And Abraham believed God, and that's the reason now that he wants to be buried in this land because of that hope. And you know where he wants Sarah to also be buried here in Hebron. And you know our hope is a heavenly hope today. So the new Jerusalem is our hope. So scripture goes on to read verse 10, chapter 23. Now Ephron dwelt among the sons of Heth, and Ephron the Hethite answered Abraham in the presence of the sons of Heth, and all who entered at the gates of his city, saying, No, my lord, no, my lord, hear me. I give you the field and the cave that is in it. I give it to you in the presence of the sons of my people. I give it to you, bury your dead. Then Abraham bowed himself down before the people of the land. So Ephron you know was very generous um he was mighty generous and abraham bowed down before the people of that land and he was very very polite you know compared to the people today you know we tend to look at um you know the people in abraham's time as cavemen and all but if you look at the way they lived their lives you know the way they were polite to other people the way they received strangers and the way they just um, had that hospitality compared to us today i'm sure you know if tables were turned and um abraham and um you know the people in his time were looking into us they would be like oh what such cave um uh, cave mannered and bad mannered uh people um they are so scripture goes into read verse 13 
And he spoke to Ephron in the hearing of the people of the land, saying, If you will give, uh, give it, please hear me. I will give you money for the field. Take it from me, and I will bury my dad there. Uh, verse 14, And Ephron answered Abraham, saying to him, My lord, listen to me. The land is worth 400 shekels of silver. What is that between you and me? So bury your dad. Um, verse 16, And Abraham listens to Ephron, and Abraham weighed out the silver and Ephron, oh, the silver for Ephron, which he had named in the hearing of the sons of Heth, 400 shekels of silver currency of the merchants. So that's the legal tender of the day. Scripture goes to read, verse 17, So the field of Ephron, which was in Machpelah, uh, was which was before uh, Mamer, the field and the cave which was in it and all the trees that were in the field which were within all the surrounding borders were deeded to Abraham as a position in the presence of the sons of Heth before all who went in at the gate of the city and after this abraham buried sarah his wife in the cave of the field of machpelah in uh, mamer that is hebron in the land of canaan so the field and the cave that is in it were deeded to abraham by the sons of heth as property for a burial place so this actually reveals the importance of this chapter because Isaac's going to be buried here. Jacob, who died way in Egypt, um, was also buried here. So this is very, very important because, you know, they had that hope, you know, um, for the future. They wanted to uh, be resurrected in the land that was given to them by God. So this is our uh, teaching for today, more of a history lesson and, um, you know, pointing out to um two two things that i've noted today that's um two purposes two purposes two godly purposes that's um an earthly purpose and uh and a heavenly purpose and um i hope you all enjoyed today's lesson thank you all for listening in god bless you all and have a pleasant weekend bye bye